You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera, and I'm here with Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Jay, at some point, I'm hoping this turns into a Dallas episode, and we're all just dreaming, and 2020 is just a bad dream because God. it continues to go trend, continues to trend badly. It's just getting worse every day, and uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're we're trying to stay optimistic, and you know, listening to the good to the good pieces of it. But there's a lot of, you know, today's been one of those kind of a grim days that doesn't give you a lot of hope for where we're headed. At least as as it relates to to sports, as it relates to you know, kids getting on campus to go to college, as you know, schools opening, all of those things. It's it's just terrible. Yeah, no question. And we continue here. Clemson has 14 more tests, 37 total. You said they were trying to spin it. Like, well, what? they're trying to spin it that, you know, the, the, the athletes, you know, that they're catching it. The athletes aren't, you know, they don't have symptoms and they're quarantined and then they're, you know, that they're they're safe because they're putting them in places. No, no, none of the people that have gotten COVID over there have been hospitalized. Yeah. So that kind of stuff. So right. it's kind of like what we've been talking about. We're finding out people are getting it, and then they're dealing with it. So, um, I, I think the I think the NBA reported that there were uh, uh, 102 players got tested, and 14 turned up positive. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that's what that's 15 percent almost. So, uh, it's well 14. So, you know, it's uh, I again, you know, they got get they got to work with it. But then, you know, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, came out and said. You know, we got to get used to the fact that this is a part of it. Right. That, there are, that there having are. the virus, the, 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 the virus is going to be a part of life, a part of business, mm-hmm. a part of what they're trying to do. And they got to figure out ways to deal with it rather than expect that it's going to go away. Free and clear. Which makes a lot of sense. Right. No question. And how they handle that, that's going to be to be expected. And that happens in a month. With this, yeah, they they just announced their schedule. Uh, all the, the the twenty-two teams that are that are going to continue to play are all going to play eight games uh, to set up seating for the their NBA their playoffs. So, and those games are going to start uh, July thirtieth. You know, could so, I know this is a dumb question because I know the answer to? Could we see? Uh, Alonzo Trier on one of those teams? I don't think so. I don't think. I think I, I read that he could play in the seeding games because he just got released. Right. He could get picked up and play in the seeding games, but then would not be able to play in the playoffs. And who knows what's written in the right contract that goes with this? But so you know, bad news for him to be released today, mm-hmm. at you know, right at the you know door of when things are going to get started again but unfortunate for him and Kadeem Allen I guess well, you know another U of A guy was released a couple of days ago so yeah. so you got a couple of Arizona guys unemployed right now so uh, I guess the the statement for releasing uh, uh, Mr. Uh, tell me uh, Alonzo Trier was that he did not he did not play as a team player and he didn't work on his catch and shoot enough no duh I'm shocked no duh I'm shocked. Um, you know, <clears throat> there were a lot of things that were said about him, you know, after, you know, after, after the fact, yeah. after he mm-hmm. left, mm-hmm. particularly, you know, the what happened in the late stages of that unfortunate loss to Xavier. But, you know, um, Ian, but he was trying to get to the NBA. Sure. And he got there. Sure. So he got what he wanted. Um, he, you know, he's had a couple of years there. He played a lot over two years. Made some good money. Yeah. But, um, you know, for somebody to say that he's 
doesn't fit within the team system. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. I don't know what to. I don't know what to say. So tomorrow, the, we're going to learn that the water's wet right. and Tucson's hot, and you and you can knock me over with a feather. Right, right. But you know what? <laughs> uh, you, you're right. Let me ask you something. As you were saying that, I was thinking: Does Alonzo Trier and Colotate's situation are they a little similar? I don't know. Um, in the in the me me me, and and I don't know if <clears throat> I don't know if Kalutate's a me me me, but it kind of smells like it to me. I, um, I'm not not so sure because I you know in in football you know Kalutate wasn't going to go anywhere that his team wasn't going to take him, and in and in college basketball you can you know you cannot give the ball to Larry Markinen. Because oh, sure. you, know, you can just do that because you can. So I think it's a little easier to be that guy. But, you know, Khalil Tate needed to have – there are more pieces that Khalil Tate needed to be successful. So, but, he, but he wanted to be that guy who threw the ball and threw the ball. And you're thinking, don't throw the ball. Do what you do. Do what you do, right. So it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to say. I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure I, I see that comparison. You know, just the way things ended with both of them, though, you didn't like the way that things ended with both right, of them. Right, right, because there was some obvious factions or friction or something. Something. That just didn't smell right or feel right. Right, right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So. yeah. Let me ask you, I like those lines. You're a coach here, and, and we're going to have Ron Hassey, uh, Ron Hassey here. Right. He, he's been a coach, so we'll talk about that. But would you, if you have a talented kid and you knew that there was some bad seed in him, would you take him? You know, um, and you were a coach. I'm, yeah, and I'm one of those guys that uh, if a guy's not going to be a team player, he's not going to play for me. Ooh, oh, it's God. very simple. Will he be on the team? He might be on the team, but he's going to have a tough time getting on the field or the court mm -hmm. if he's not going to be a, a team player. So, do you think I, you could change that guy? I don't know if you could change him, but you certainly could say you're not playing if you don't. Yeah, you right, know, you right. can you can give him. I mean, the change has got to come within the player. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I fortunately don't recall ever having anybody like that. Um, you know, I mean, I coach high school baseball and I coach high school softball. You know, I wasn't in college or anything like that. And and at the school that I coached at, you know, we just we you took played. all athletes. You you played, yeah, we were a small school, and if you were if you were athletic, you could play. Mm. But we didn't have any of those kids. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there there really weren't any kids uh, that that we that we had experience with where you thought, you know, what I don't want that kid on this team. Sure, sure, we, sure, we, sure. We we didn't have any of those. But I do I do feel that me as a coach and the type of coach that I was, the type of person that I was, and the way I look at sports. If I do have that guy, um, he's going to have a tough time, he or she, mm -hmm. is going to have a tough time getting on the court, getting on the field, if they're not going to be team players. a team player, yeah, part those, of the team. That's the number one thing I think that coaches have to deal with. You love the talent, but if they're a pain in the neck, you just don't want that talent. Yeah, you, you just don't. It's just hard. And, and, you know, teams that succeed in large part succeed because they're together as a no team. No question. I mean, there's no, no question. I mean, that's proven over and over and over again. There are there have been teams that, not just at Arizona, but everywhere, mm -hmm. pros, college, well, wherever, at, that have had outstanding talent, have had the best talent on the field or the court happen. every time, and they don't get there. No question. Well, you mentioned your team uh, yesterday, the 88 team, a bunch of uh, Band-Aid put-together right. teams, and guess what happened? They win a World Series. How you do know? how do you explain how that? How do you explain that? Because yeah. that team was really bad. Yeah. You know, You've I mean, seen that, it. I mean, if they would have had to play with that team the entire year, and that's a last place team. 
Let me let me put this to the people's uh, attention. Who the two people are listening right now? Uh, Ninety seven. This team was not supposed to win nope. that team. It was supposed to happen in ninety eight. Right. It was that was up to that point. That was Lute's worst team since his first team. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they finished fifth place in the league, mm-hmm. but they had they had had an impressive early season non conference schedule. Got themselves a Did number well. four seed and. Mm-hmm. Boom, and it happened. Right, Miles had come back from his uh, situation, yeah. and everything was... So, yeah, no, people, I think a lot of people forget about that, that that team, I mean, they, they got swept at the Oregon schools, I believe. They lost their last They're, two of the regular season? Yeah, the, at, the, at the end of the regular season, mm-hmm. there was no Pac-10 tournament at that time, and then they went off and won the national championship. Explain that to me. Right, right. no, you can't, you can't. It's uh, sports, that's why you got to love it. It is. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to having Ron Hassey. He's, he's going to come on. We're going to talk. Oh, he's had such a long sports career. Right. I don't know how we're going to fit it all in, but there's a lot of stuff I, I, I want to cover the with him. from coaching to right. playing. You know, he was, he was a state high school baseball champion, college baseball champion, World Series champion. He's been a coach. He's been a player. He's had kids who played. I mean, only kind of right, right. Looking no. forward to talking to him. Yeah, no, kind of like a, a player's dream. Yeah, you get to do a lot of different things. Yeah, he. Uh, so you know, a lot of people don't get to do what he's done. Oh, and you know, I mean, his dad was his dad played at Arizona. He played at Arizona. His son played at Arizona. Those kinds of things don't just have those. Are, that's genes, right there. I was just gonna that, say that's that's just genes. The, uh, that, nothing but. The, didn't the howls are like. The, have that? Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Now, Jack Hall played. Jack Hall and his son and his dad played, I think, too. Well, and his son, now his son Dallas, I coached with him. Oh, really? I don't remember if he played college somewhere. Okay, let's go. Tom's ready for us to take a quick break here and talk to Ron Hassey on the other side. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. With the reopening of the economy, it's back to business for Tucson, and there's never been a better time to advertise. You've probably been considering it for a while, but there's a lot of questions. At 1030 The Voice, we can help you every step of the way, from creating an effective and affordable advertising schedule, to crafting your message, to creating the perfect commercial. With our Addy Award-winning production department, call General Manager Patty Ruiz at 791-7208 and let 1030 The Voice get to work for you. In these extraordinary times, 1030 The Voice would like to salute our American heroes. Of course, we thank first responders and health workers. But we also recognize workers in the food service industry, the people manning the front lines in our grocery stores. And from food delivery people to the drivers getting goods to stores. We thank you. We couldn't do it without you. 1030 The Voice, trusted local news and talk. 
Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we have former major leaguer and World Series champion, Ron Hasse. Ron, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Great to have you on the show. Ron, where where are you? Are you are you here in Tucson? What are you up to? I, I've been I've I've never left Tucson. <laughs> I've uh, was born and raised here, and uh, I left during the baseball season, but I always returned. Uh, I live, uh, like I said, I've lived here all my life. Well, that, well, that's great to hear. So, well, you know, like, want to talk to you a little bit about you know some of the stuff going on right now, and put yourself in the shoes of, you know, a, a baseball manager, a coach, maybe a ball player, and and what they're going through right now with you know trying to figure out: Are we going to play? Are we not going to play? You know, what's going on? I mean, where would you be in terms of, you know, just how you would feel about all that's going on right now? Well, you know, I, I think it's a very tough situation, uh, especially for the coaching staffs, uh, the players really also, but uh, trying to assemble a team and to be able to play 60 games. Uh, and I'm not so sure if they're going to have fans or no fans at all, but uh, um, uh, it's going to be different, uh, no question about it, but uh, I guess they've got it all figured out. Are you, are you glad you're not having to be a part of this? <laughs> <laughs> well, sort of. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, it's. Uh, I think it's uh, going to be a really tough uh, situation for everybody, uh, especially with the traveling and uh, and a short season like that too. Anything can happen. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy uh, I'm uh, here in Tucson. Do you you haven't coached? I think for about seven eight years. Is that right? Do you miss miss being part of that? Um, you know, I really enjoyed being around the players, and uh, I enjoyed managing in the minor leagues. Uh, uh, seeing players uh, advance up t- to the major leagues uh, and then following them on to their career, but uh, right now I don't really miss it at all. I, it just it, it it was a grind. Uh, I got really sure. tired of traveling, uh, and it was about time for me to hang it up too. So so as you look back, I mean you've had a, you've had a career. I mean just before the break, uh, you know Steve and I were talking about you know state baseball champion. College World Series champion, World Series champion. I mean, you've run. You know, your 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 career as a baseball player. Holy cow! I mean, it, you know, where do you start? But when, when you think back on your career, you know, what were the best times for you? You, you know, were they in, in, were they in the major leagues? Were they in college? I mean, what what was the what's the best part of your baseball career? Uh, oh, without a doubt, the best part of my baseball career was playing at the University of Arizona and winning the national title in 1976. Uh, that was, uh, you know, thank God I didn't sign in uh, uh, in uh, 75. I was drafted by uh, Kansas City that year, and uh, I wasn't a real high draft pick, and uh, we negotiated a little bit, and nothing came of it, and uh, I went back to college, and we ended up winning the College World Series in '76. Okay, so I've been dying. I'm glad you brought that up because I've been dying to ask you this because I was I'm about to age both you and I. Okay, so I was in high school at that time. Uh, it's, I was at Saguaro High School, but um, you know those those three teams, the '74, '75, and '76 teams were, I mean, three of the most amazing teams. And I, you guys weren't so great in '70 in '75, but at '74 team, they lost four regular season games and kind of didn't do so well when you got into the playoffs but then the 76 right. 76 team wins the college world series but 
You lost seven games in a row to ASU in the '76, and then you you only had to beat them once in order to get to the to you know to the championship. I mean, walk me through when you guys were having to go play ASU for the eighth time, and they've beaten you seven times, and now you need to beat them to get to the championship game that year. Well, you know, it was really tough during the season uh, losing to them. And, I mean, we, were, we we really never got really blown away. I mean, there were some close games there. But, you know, we get in the, the first game we played with them in, uh, in the College World Series, we ended up losing that game. And uh, it was that was uh, really set us back. We really felt like we were in the game. We thought we were going to win that game. It just didn't happen. And then to come through the loser's bracket, and uh, then have to meet up again against them. I guess it was our turn to win. <laughs> well, do, well, we talked about that. Do you believe in? Do you believe in destiny? A lot of things have happened for you in destiny. Well, I think a lot of us guys just pull together. Really, uh, you know, you just you know you get beat down like that, and uh, it was kind of like, hey, we're not going to lose another game to these guys, and uh, it just happened. Just, just one, one quick question. You haven't been in the game for a while, but and I've, I asked this question to all the guys that come on who were players. Do you miss – competitors must miss being competitive. Do you do something else to kind of maybe stay competitive? Well, yeah, I, I play golf. Oh, uh, Jay, Jay wants a part of that, I think. <laughs> Are you any good? <laughs> I'm not bad. <laughs> But I, I do play quite a bit of golf, and uh, I, 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 I've been getting into trap shooting, and uh, and uh, that's about it right now. The way things have been going, uh, mostly staying at home. So, so I, you know, stay, staying on your baseball career. So at that time, you know, you were a pretty darn good hitter. I think in seventy, in your sophomore year, you led the team in hitting. But there was a guy named Dave Stegman on that team who who, who was a better hitter. Who was a better hitter? Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, you look at, you know, when you, you know, uh, you go back when you started to say about the uh, 74, 75, 76 team, where there was no question that the 74 team had the best talent of all those three teams. Uh, we just happened to get uh, getting a little funk over there against uh, Northern Colorado and, uh, and uh, end up uh, getting knocked out before we could even get to the World Series. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that 74 team was really good. Dave Stegman was probably my, that freshman year that uh, Jerry Kindle recruited all of us. Uh, Dave was the only one that made the varsity team as a freshman. Uh, the rest of us were pretty much down in uh, what you call freshman team that year. But uh, Dave Stegman was uh, he was some kind of player. Boy, he could play center field. Uh, he could run. He could do just about it all. Uh, who was a better hitter? Well, uh, no question, I was. <laughs> I was going to say, you're talking to him. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. I love that. So, so, uh, so, le- so let me ask you. So, so you get you go into you go into professional baseball. Um, I spent a few, you know, a few years in the minors. But when did it hit you that I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make it to the major leagues. I'm going to get there. What? When did that hit? I, I told myself I was going to give it three years, and that's it. Uh, and I, I got lucky. I get drafted by uh, Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland really didn't have much of a minor league system. I moved up there really quick. Uh, I, uh, after my, I think it was my second year, I got called up for a couple of months. Didn't do real well. Got sent back down. Uh, kind of figured things out. And uh, the next year, uh, 
got sent back down, and then they got called back up, and that pretty much was it. That was that. You know, it was just it was a learning process for me, uh, especially when I got to the major leagues. Uh, the first time, I was a little bit over my head, probably. Um, but uh, having those two months and then being sent back down, you kind of worked on things that you needed to work on, uh, and uh, things worked out pretty well after that. You were a coach, and you saw uh, uh, the local kids uh, got drafted uh, last week or have signed now this week, the Gonzalez kid and the Wells kid. What are they up against, these young guys? Well, tell you the truth, those guys, you know, being first-round pick and a high first-round pick, uh, they're going to move quickly. Uh, I would think that uh, the Gonzalez kid would probably go to double-A right away and uh, probably spend a year, maybe two years, uh, and, and then get called to the big leagues. Uh, I mean, they, they're spending a lot of money on him, so. Uh, 5.4 They're not going to spend a lot of time in the minor leagues. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. And he's had success in college. Uh, you know, it's just uh, learning to play every day. That's pretty much what it is. And making the adjustments that you need to make. Uh, those are the big factors right there. Let's, uh, we're going to take a quick break here and come back on the other side. Talk more about your history at U of A, uh, your Tucson connections, obviously, and your World Series. I think that Jay has some uh, Oakland A's questions for you here on the other side. <laughs> Let's take a break here on 1030 The Voice. Stick around, Ron. Thanks. Okay. For nearly seven decades, Hughes Federal Credit Union has been there for its members through good times and bad. We know that by working together, we can achieve great things, like addressing your financial needs during these times and beyond. Bank locally with Hughes, selected by Forbes as one of the best in-state credit unions for two years in a row. We've got you today, tomorrow, and for decades to come. Visit HughesFCU.org, insured by NCUA. The Old Pueblo's a place with a lot of great stories to tell. You can find all episodes of the Tucson History Podcast from 1030 The Voice at KVOI.com, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. From the 1967 food giant jet crash to legendary Arizona coach Fred Snowden to the tales of Tucson's days as a Confederate capital, the Tucson History Podcast from 1030 The Voice is concise and always entertaining. Download them now at Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and KVOI.com. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And on the phone, we have former major leaguer and World Series champion, Ron Hassey. Go ahead, Jay. So, Ron, if I ask you some questions about, you know, winning the World Series, will you then answer some questions about the one you lost the year before? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're talking about to the Dodgers? (laughs) Well, he's a Dodger fan. (laughs) I grew up a Dodger fan, Ron. I don't know. Let me ask you this. You grew up here in Tucson. Were you a Dodger fan as a kid? No, not really. No? Okay, because no. I, I was, but Probably because we had him on the radio. Or... San Diego. Yeah, but we, since we had him on yeah. the radio here, that's why I was a, Do- I was a Dodger fan. Yeah. Well, that, that year, uh, gosh, we had such a great – those three years uh, going to the World Series, all three teams were really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, we just uh, – that first series against the Dodgers, they just got hot at the right time. And any time in a short series like that, anything can happen. 
Well, I mean, well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I again, I was a huge Dodger fan, so I mean, I you know, I I I watched those games and I would pace the whole time. So that'll that'll tell you how you know how much of a fan I was. And I actually went to the first two games of the uh, the NLCS when when they played the Mets. Uh, I went to those two games, but I couldn't go to the World Series because I was covering um, Arizona football at the time. So I, you know, I, I couldn't make it to those games. But my brother was at the you know at at game one. So okay, so I just got to ask you, you know, you had a front row seat to that. You know what did it oh, look? Yeah. What did it look like from from where you sat in terms of you know when Kirk Gibson hit that home run? Well, you know the uh, the count got to three two. You know, and uh, we went with the uh, a breaking ball down the way, and uh, he just left it up over the plate a little bit, and uh, he smacked it pretty good, and that was it. I mean, do you much. remember? Uh, do you remember the sound of it? You know, the sound of the crowd and the the, the whole. Thing you know, I mean, does oh, yeah. that stick I mean, in your mind? For you know, nine innings, the crowd goes crazy. But uh, uh, just it was a little shocker to see that happen. Uh, you know, and you've heard so many different stories about. Well, you know, Kirk Gibson knew that on three two that Dennis Eckersley's going to throw a break him. Right. Tell me during the course of a season, how many times did Dennis Eckersley ever get to three two on a batter? Right, maybe a handful. Yeah, that's about it. He's always ahead and never really goes through two counts. Right, but, right. Uh, so you know, that made a great story. Tony yeah, sort of made a good big deal out of it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so you know, okay. that was the first game of the the first game right. of the series, you know. But uh, it, it was just. Uh, uh, we just had not performed that well. Yeah, I mean, so how did they beat you guys? I mean, well, you know, Mickey Hatcher's playing left field for them. Franklin Stubbs is at first base. I mean, that's not, you know, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire, right? Right. Um, you know, it's just, you know, short series like that, anything can happen. Uh, yeah. You look at the 76 baseball team, and you look at the players on that team, and then you look at the 1974 team, and you say, how could the 74 team ever lose again? Right. And then you look at the '76, and we end up winning the World Series. Yeah. Uh, and you look at that uh, that roster of guys on the '76 team. You you look at that. I'm not the only guy from Tucson on that team. We had a lot of players from Tucson on that team. Uh, you look at uh, you know Jim Schwanke was on that team. Bruce Ferguson was on that team. Uh, Don Harkis was on that team. Uh, uh, Perry Armstrong was on the team. Uh, Al Lopez was on. Yeah. I played with Al at, in Tucson. A whole bunch uh, of guys. Delete. Yeah, there, you know, this team was uh, not just made up of a lot of guys from out of state. Uh, a lot of guys from the Tucson area were on this team. Uh, so it was, it's uh, Richard Stagg was on the team. It was uh, it was a it was a strong team, uh, and we worked very well together. Uh, we had some ups and downs during the season, but. Uh, uh, there was a you know there was a lot of a lot of superstars on that team. We just played really well together. So so how much did what happened in '88 lead to what you guys did in '89? I mean, you sweep the World Series. Okay, you had to sit down for an earthquake for a little while, but you know you come out and you just blast everybody. You sweep the World Series and you're you know and you're champs. Yeah, confidence right there. They the the, the, the <laughs> Giants never even beat us in spring training a game. Uh, so you know we uh, we were pretty. Uh, Pretty high going into that uh, series, knowing that uh, uh, they never had it. Well, you know, spring training, you know, you've seen a lot of different players, but uh, 
it didn't matter in spring training. They could have five, six run lead going the last inning. We end up coming back and beating these guys. So, yeah. well, our confidence is pretty high playing these guys. When you look back at your career, what do you think? Uh, I look back at the career. Uh, you know, I I always go back to my days at, in college, uh, where I really enjoyed playing baseball, and I and I enjoyed it playing in, in the major leagues. Uh, it became a job, uh, really, in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. But uh, it still was a game. Uh, things that I've accomplished, uh, yeah, college World Series. Uh, well, even the high school state champion, and then uh, playing uh, in the World Series also, but uh, undefeated state uh, champion, I right? It was a pretty good career. I, I would like to say that if I would have worked a little bit harder, it might have been a little better. But well, uh, you always look back on it. You played fourteen years. I mean, that's that's pretty darn good. I mean, for, from where we sit, I mean, you know, you know, there's a lot of guys who don't have fourteen in, year in, careers in a tough spot, in a tough position, right? Yeah. Um, Maybe I was a left-handed hitter. That that helped out quite a bit. Uh, everybody was looking for a right-handed and a left-handed hitting catcher. Uh, so that, that helped me out quite a bit in my career. Uh, you know, at the beginning of my career, I was not very good as a defensive catcher. But late in my career, I was considered a better defensive catcher than I was a hitter. I was a better hitter at the beginning of my career than at the end. But... Uh, uh, the, I, I look back and I said I've accomplished a lot in baseball. You did, no question. You no absolutely question. did. You, you, you're the Hasse name too is a legacy at the U of A. Your dad played right, and you played, and your son played. Right. How cool was yeah, that to, to have your son follow like that play at the U of A? He also played some professional baseball. How cool is that for a dad? That it, it, it was uh, very special for me. It was very special for my dad because uh, he was able to go see my son play at the U of A. Uh, my son ended up signing with Toronto. He got to AAA and realized that that was probably going to be the farthest he was going to go. So he uh, retired after about four years in the minor leagues. Uh, but, you know, it was, uh, I was uh, very proud of him to, you know, sign a minor league contract and work his way up to AAA. Yeah, he almost got there. So, so let me ask you because I've, I've I've had this conversation a number of times. You know, when when somebody's a major league baseball player and they're they're good enough to be a major league baseball player at a very young age, they kind of show. I mean, were you were you the kid that dominated in little league and and some of the you know even before you got to high school? You know, how good were you compared to the kids you were playing against? Well, you know, I I, I would say. That I had a lot of success uh, growing up in uh, Little League, Point League, Colt League, American American Legion teams, uh, semi-pro teams here in town, and always a pretty good hitter. So that helped out. And uh, I think that just, you know, uh, it helped me have confidence in myself. Uh, And then, you know, the the coaching staffs that I've worked with, uh, Jim Wing uh, at the U of A and Jerry Kendall, I mean, those guys there. And Mark Johnson, uh, they were outstanding. Uh, they would help you out anytime you need any any type of help. Even after I got done playing at the U of A, they even helped me. So a, a friend of mine just texted me, said he he was playing. You were at, let's see, you were at Mansfield, and he was at Ross Rouge. Says he he uh-huh. was pi- he was pitching against you. Had two strikes on you, and then you hit a fastball to the t- Tucson High football field. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also, we won junior high. Uh, <laughs> How also close is junior that? High, we were state, uh, high school champion. I mean, 
in junior high, we, uh, gosh, I, I don't think we won, lost a game in junior high. Wow. Wow. So I, I, I can picture that right there because Roscrude is right, right across the street. So Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, but, but that's what, you know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I've seen some kids that, you know, seen them in Little League, like Rodney Pete. I saw him as an athlete playing Little League baseball. And you could tell just as an athlete, he was way past everybody. Another kid that ended up playing uh, in the NFL and played against my son, his name uh, was Jeff Toole. And then, you know, J.J. Hardy played in Sabino Canyon Little League where my kid played. So you just... Those kids were, you know, were different from everybody else. That's what I was asking if you kind of felt like you were, you were that guy, uh, you know, at that age, at the 11, 12, 13-year-old uh, age. Well, you know, you, like I said, you're having success, and you're, you're, and you're one of the better players on the team, and, uh, and you just, you just uh, keep working at it. Uh, you know, my goal was to go to the University of Arizona on a baseball scholarship, and that worked out pretty well, so... Um, then I really wanted to get drafted, and was never a high draft pick, but uh, I did make it. So, I'm so happy about that. So, uh, after all these years, who was the best player you played with, or maybe against? Uh, you mean in uh, in the college, in, in, in the pro, in the pros, or whatever? In, anywhere. I mean, just oh, the guy the that you thought. Yeah, I would tell you right now the best player. That I played against, and I didn't get to play that much, that much against him. But Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, by okay. far, he had all the tools. You know, he could play defense. He was above average defender. Uh, he could throw. He could run. He could hit for power. He could hit for average. He can drive and runs. That that's uh, and he could run around. <laughs> right. And he's a soup that that's a superstar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Not a lot of those but guys I around. A lot of good players that could hit home runs, but you know. Really didn't play that well defense, and uh, Don Mattingly was uh, real close to him. I played with him when he won uh, when uh, he was MVP that year. Uh, you know, he played great defense at first base. Really couldn't run that well, but you know, he hit for power and drove in runs. Uh, Ryan Sandberg uh, was another one that was an all-around type player. Uh, you know, when you look at Certain players, you look at McGuire, power hitter, 50, 60 home runs a year, drives in a lot of runs. Defensively, he was an average defender, couldn't really run. Uh, uh, and then you look at guys like Griffey, who was in a different league, because uh, he could do it all. I got, I got one more for you, one more, one more memory to go through. Uh, again, as a, as a Dodger fan, I was in L.A. Well, actually, I was in San Diego sitting on a beach, Listening to Dennis Martinez's perfect game that you caught, uh, that that would have been your last year in 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 the bigs. Honestly, what is it like when you're starting to get to the end of, end of a game like that? What you know, the tension, the pressure, or do you guys just kind of stay away from it? I mean, how 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 does I mean you're handling the pitcher? How does that work? Well, you know, it, it was you know I, I caught one before that ten years before right. that, Lenny Barker. And and uh, uh, I really didn't even realize that we had a perfect game with uh, Lenny, even after it was it was over with, because Lenny used to walk four or five batters a game. He was a, a real hard thrower. Control was below average. But uh, with uh, Dennis, you know, uh, in, in about the fifth inning, I started realizing, you know, well, he's really hitting his spots. We're keeping the hitters off balance. Uh, during uh, in between innings, you know, I might say something to him about certain hitters. You know what I'm seeing. Uh, 
I didn't stay away from them by any means. Uh, there was always communication going on just to uh, uh, let them know what I was seeing. Uh, and uh, when we got into the, uh, I think it was the eighth inning, uh, I told our pitching coach, hey, you're going to see something special today. And it did happen. And he, he was, he was, you know, Dennis Martinez was, was a, was a real pitcher. He had, he had good command of his pitches. He wasn't overpowering. He had to keep hitters off balance, uh, had a good breaking ball. Uh, but he didn't throw 94, 95. Right. He was Dennis like 88 to 90 at tops, but he, uh, he was a control type pitcher. Well, Ron, this has been great, Ron. Yeah, thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun. Love talking about this stuff. And look, you had a great career because you played 14 years in the big league. So I hope you, I hope you always think that. And you know, and then, then from being from Tucson, I'm I'm a Tucson guy. You you know, you're one of those guys on the you know on the Mount Rushmore of local baseball guys. So I'll just I'll just say that to you because it, it you know I had fun watching you in college and watching you in the pros. And I'm sorry you were on the wrong end of that home run. But uh, <laughs> you know, every time I see the highlight, I said, "Hey, there's Ron." <laughs> you can you can see me every year. Every, every time. Every time. Every year during the Hey, but Ron, they haven't had success since that night. Yeah, we're still waiting for another one, Ron, so there you go. <laughs> That's the curse. That's the curse. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much, yeah, Ron. We do you. appreciate you taking all this time with us. Got to have you back well, if you, you have time. Much. Have you back if you have time. Thanks so much, Ron. Sure. Let's take Bye. a break here on 1030 The Voice. Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Why on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. Jay, just a quick observation. Now I know how I get when I have like Baffert and th- you get all you got giddy today. <laughs> you get all giddy. Well, well, here's what's cool about that, and 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 I love talking to the guy, the local guys, because they grew up. You you, you know, saw in it, the yeah. neighborhoods, They're, yeah. You know where I, I grew totally up. Get it. People that I know know them. You know, I got this text message from my friend Larry Lucero who. Talk about pitching against him in junior high, and, and you don't forget him, that, and watching him hit a ball to Tucson. You're, high, talk, which, you're talking sixty, uh, nine, 50 1968. Years. Yeah, you know, Larry Larry played against him in junior high, nineteen sixty eight. You know, and then he started running off all these guys that were on, you know, that he played college baseball with, who went to my high school. Yeah, no, it's you, funny because Larry probably says, "I pitched against a guy." He hit the ball a mile, but, you know. But I pitched against him, you know, and probably at that time he felt bad about how far he hit that ball. (laughs) Then again, sometimes somebody hits one so far, you just just kind of give him a little golf clap and give him a nod and tip of the cap. But, you know, when when, when we have a a guest like that that's got history in our community, Mm -hmm. that that is the coolest thing for me. 
because you know I you know I'm so embedded in this community. I love it. I've always loved it. I know the history of it. And and when you talk to talk about these guys who are really legends here. I mean, think about think about Ron Hassey. Mm-hmm. He was on an undefeated state championship baseball team at Tucson High. He was on a College World Series winning team. On top of that, he was on what I think should be, even though they didn't win the World Series, probably the best Arizona baseball team ever. They go 56-4. and four. They lost four games. How, how did they, Northern Colorado, they, how did that they lo- Well, they lost four games uh, in, in the regular season. They, they they win two games in the in a whack playoff to get to the to go to go to the playoffs. So they play a, basically a, a regional, and they've got to go play a three game series against Northern Colorado. Where I don't know where they played it. I, they played it in Colorado for some reason, oh. and they lose two games in a row and they're out. Wow! So they lose six games in a baseball season in an entire year, and they don't even get to the College World Series. That was arguably. The best team ever, uh-huh. and then two, and then two years later, they come back and they win the World Series mm. when they absolutely should not have. So what happened in '75? They were kind of middling. They uh-huh. went, you know, they were good, but they weren't great. They didn't get to the World Series. They didn't get to the playoffs. But then they come back and they they put it all together and. Boom. And Boom. here, I just got another text from my brother Gene. He played against Ron Hassey in in, uh, in high school and semi-pro. So that's what I, mm-hmm. that's why I love talking about a guy like that or yeah, talking no, no. with a guy like that because they bring such history. I will say, this them. is how I must get with Baffert and those guys that I <laughs> care, you know, I, I feel close to. Yeah. But let me tell you, uh, I was putting down a list. Hassey today, we had Francona. Right. We had Steve Kerr. Right. We had Baffert, like we said. We had right. Mike Johnson. Some of the guests that were able to pull off, that's it's fantastic. Uh, in my mind, I'm not trying to toot our horn. Right. Right. But but that's kind of the they're, thing. They're, it's a they're, lot of fun. They're fun. Yeah. They're fun. And these guys, they you know, they love coming and talking and, and reminiscing. And they've had great careers. And you know, he let me ask him about what I'm sure was painful. a really painful, painful experience <laughs> to watch that home run. You know, but, but you know, but the great thing about that is, for instance, if you've ever seen Dennis Eckersley talk about that home run, he's more than willing to talk mm-hmm. about it and talk about what happened and give Kirk Gibson all the props for doing that. But when you think about that moment in time as a oh, sports fan, yeah. you know. Now, my brother Ed was at the game. He still talks about that. Every time we talk about it, he texts me. I was at the Kirk Gibson game. Mm. I wasn't at that game because there was a uh, Arizona. Football. Was I can even I remember it like yesterday. They were playing Washington State at home. I'm the beat writer, and I've got one of those little two-inch TV screens that I've got an earpiece, so I'm covering the game, I'm watching the Dodger game, and that's how I saw the home run. I'm a Dodger fan to end all Dodger fans, and I saw the Kirk Gibson home run on a two-inch, one of those little Mm two-inch TV screens that were the first to come out. That's how I saw the home run. And I remember it it happened, and I stood up in in the... press box and it was the old press box not the new press box it was mm. the last year of the old press box so you could barely fit and i and i yelled through the, the for the whole press box to hear kirk gibson just hit a homer to win the game and all the writers came and crowded around this little two-inch TV <laughs> to see the replay. And I'm like, I know the guy behind me can't see this. Right, uh, but I turned up the volume so everybody could hear. So the, everything stopped in the press box to see this moment in history that happened that at that moment we still didn't realize what a big moment in history it was. But when right. I said Kirk Gibson just hit a homer to beat the A's, all of a sudden everybody realized this was big. Yeah, no question. Uh, good show today. A lot of fun. 
Um, it, it's it, it, reminiscing. It, it's and he talked fun. about we ran the gamut on a number of different things. It's been fun. Yeah, for, uh, t- uh, Tom's putting on the the video of it. Tom, I know I I know Vince Scully's words by heart on this one. <laughs> so, it's, it, the, yeah, but it, we also don't know when we're coming out of this uh, segment <laughs> if, if Tom doesn't put our clock. Tom, we need our clock. <laughs> we need our clock. Uh, but uh, you know, again, you know the the whole. The whole thing of, of these guys who have had this time of their lives mm-hmm. that in a lot of ways were important to us. Sure, you sure, because you remember. Watching Ron Hassey, you know, help win the College World Series. That was a big deal to me, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as, a, as a high school kid here in Tucson. Watching, you know, the Dodgers, you know, beat the A's in the World Series. Again, another big deal to me, you know, as a little older guy. And then, you know, then for him to say how special it was for him to see his kid mm. go on and play at the U of A. And what a big deal, you know, it was to see for his dad for, to, for him and his dad right. to see his son Brad make his way through and then actually even play professional baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. all those things. And that's what those are the things that make sports so oh, great. No question, especially so for a great. father, for a grandfather. And why dang it, we need to get sports started again well, to have these kinds of moments. Don't hold your hopes out. I am. Hard. I'm sorry to bring you the grim reaper <laughs> I'm, on I'm that. I'm holding it. You know what? We're going into a weekend. We're hoping, you know, we can turn the corner on this thing and, you know, good things start to happen again. But, I, you know, Ricky. I'm not going to leave on a downer. I love the interview. Yeah, I love having, having Ron Hassey on. And you know, we're going to keep bringing those kinds of guests here because... Those are the fun things. Right. 